0: Hello, Gut Check Project fans and KBMD Health family. I hope you're having a great day. This is your host, Eric Rieger, soon to be joined by my awesome co-host, Dr. Kenneth Brown. Um, If the audio sounds kind of funny on this intro, I'm just having to record it while uh, doing a little traveling. And uh, regardless, it will not take away. Today's episode will not disappoint. This is about erectile dysfunction. What can be done about it? who wants to deal with it doesn't matter if it's male or female you don't want to have to be dealing with erectile dysfunction at uh, you know at the inappropriate time so let's not uh, waste any more of your time and get straight to the podcast but first our awesome sponsors, Autron Teal, get your daily polyphenols at Autron Teal. Go to lovemytummy.com slash K-B-M-D, lovemytummy.com, get your polyphenols today. And of course, Unrefined Bakery, incredible food. Go to unrefinedbakery.com if you are a keto eater, a paleo eater, a gluten-free eater, or you just like great food that happens to be healthy for you. Go to Unrefined Bakery. Felt like you had to avoid good tasting cookies simply because you have celiac disease? Well, don't worry. They are certified gluten-free in all of their products. And uh, get 20% off your entire first order with code GUTCHECK. That's unrefinedbakery.com. Use code GUTCHECK and save 20% off your entire first order. And last but not least, go to kbmdhealth.com. If you'd like to check out the podcast and all of our products that we offer, then you can do so. Just head to kbmdhealth.com. You can find the home of the podcast, all of our previous recordings from uh, Gut Check Project, and, uh, you know, get to know Dr. Brown and myself a little better and shoot us a message. All right. On to episode number 54, Erectile Dysfunction. Gut Check Project fans and KBMD Health family. How are you doing today? I hope it's great. I am here for episode 54 with my awesome co-host, Dr. Kenneth Brown. And today's topic, I think, is actually pretty popular, even though when people have it, they don't like it.
1: I was going to say, it's not popular. It's
0: common, but it's not popular. Yes. No one really... Yeah. So
1: today we're talking about erectile dysfunction, ED. And I'm doing this as a gastroenterologist because... We're seeing that the pandemic may have a strong effect on this, but probably not in the way that you're thinking. So, today's episode is going to really look at the rise in erectile dysfunction in younger men that are otherwise healthy. Rise, That's what we're going to talk about.
0: The rise in erectile dysfunction. Pun intended. Yes, apparently that is funny wording for you, but nice. So, erectile dysfunction episode 54. I, I don't, you told me there's gonna be a surprise. Yeah. So I walked so, in.
1: Yeah, so lately, what I've been doing when I get, when I latch onto a topic, I, I pretty much don't tell Eric what we're gonna do so that I can just kind of <laughs> see him. And so I thought today would be really funny to see how many times he giggles at the word erectile. So if we count it, it could, it could turn into a drinking game. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, fortunately, I brought my own uh, all natural sparkling water. So
1: that's what we're gonna talk about today, erectile dysfunction. So before we jump into that, I have an ask of anybody who's listening to this. Okay, All right, so this is my ask for the public. I have an amazing team at my office and one of my amazing team members gave her two week notice and she's leaving um, for reasons like all people do. She's getting better opportunities and I'm proud of her to do this. She helps Hadil, who is my scheduler, uh, work with my patients and she helps these patients and it's been working really great. So what I'm asking, is if anybody listening happens to be super cool, nice, loyal, and wants to work with a great team, uh, or if you know anybody who happens to be super cool, loyal, and wants to work with a great team, uh, I would uh, like to find somebody to fill this role. There is no medical experience necessary. I'm just looking to hire the personality. So We're just trying to find these cool, loyal people. Go to kbmdhealth.com, kbmdhealth.com and just hit the Contact Us button. If you know of anybody, um, sign up your friends, family, where you just, I I really, I'm very proud of my team. I'm very proud of the way that my team takes care of my patients. And I'm really going to fill this pretty tough void. So I'm reaching out to everybody.
0: Yeah, and if you're watching this show uh, from far away from Plano, it does not include uh, commute travel expenses or per diems, so you're probably going to want to be in the area of the clinic.
1: probably want to be local, yeah, or if you're on your way in, you know, if you're thinking of moving to Plano or Frisco anyways, I would, I would go ahead and do that. So,
0: All right, let's do the usual. Eric, what's going on with your life? We're about to renovate our house we moved into about a year ago, and actually today, after we finish uh, filming, I've got to go to a builder's meeting. <clears throat> And, uh, so this is a, this is a first, a true renovation of a home that we, that we live in and, um, I don't know, feeling not anxious, but, uh, going to be displaced for a little bit. So I'm not super excited about it, but at the same time we'll, we'll be okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would just to ease your anxiety, Um, If you learn more about home building, then you'll feel more comfortable. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to recommend a movie called The Money Pit with Tom Hanks.
0: That is not the movie to watch. (laughs) (laughs) Shelley Long and Tom Hanks.
1: You'll learn a lot about that. Yeah, I'd say uh, you've never heard of this movie before. Doesn't he say
0: home crap home? (laughs)
1: Um, As far as me, I've got Lucas in Costa Rica today. He's playing an international tournament. Right now he's in the quarters, currently playing. Vamos, Lucas! Let's give it to him. And uh, Carla will be playing out of town this weekend for a large tournament as well. So we got the usual thing going on. And I'm getting my stem cells next week.
0: You are. You are getting your stem cells. In fact, you even came down with a little bit of extra pain yesterday in your neck.
1: I did, yeah. So it's interesting. I'm uh, really excited to see what this will do. Uh, I hurt my neck. Um, Surgery was recommended. I've been uh, really trying to avoid surgery. Dr. Wade McKenna was a guest on our show early on. And he's really one of the world's leading stem cell experts. Definitely. I just happen to be fortunate enough that he is in the DFW Metroplex. So him and uh, Dr. Jerry Lewis are going to work their magic, and I'm going to get a stem cell injection plus a stem cell infusion. And what you and I were talking. and Yeah, so everyone, so as I do scopes, every once in a get a little pain, I'll be like, it's, I'm still going to do it. We were talking. Um, you came across some literature, which we will do a whole show on after I do this, All right. about how polyphenols can augment the stem cell stuff, right?
0: Yeah. So there's a handful of them, and kind of on a whim, just knowing that, We're research-based, and Wade is certainly research-based, and we've talked many times with him about how can we complement each other because Wade's very altruistic, and if you you don't know that, just listen to the episode, and you can learn a lot about what he's given up just to give his patients the best service. But knowing that, um, I was really curious on what do polyphenols do that could augment what it is that Wade McKenna does at his office? And, I mean, a simple Google search turned up a lot of of articles about well i don't want to get into it and give it all away but yeah it's it's there
1: well it's interesting because you and i both do intermittent fasting and we know right. that intermittent fasting causes autophagy and fasting long enough turns on stem cells and we know that polyphenols are fasting mimetic molecules correct so that at least we know that way but we're gonna do a whole show on that and pro- we might even be able to get one of these cool scientists to come in and talk about it you know like we did with uh, charlene and sylvia which i still get a lot of feedback from patients
0: about that no kidding it's uh, deep, but I was, uh, I'm, I'm really proud of our audience that we have because y'all you stick to it and, and you really dig in deep to the, to the material. And I mean, how many times do we end a show going, man, I hope that wasn't too thick. And the next thing you know, we get email and patients coming in saying that they love the episode, had no idea that such and such worked. And sometimes I'm like, did we say that, you know, <laughs> is that what they told us?
1: Yeah. And we're getting emails from, but uh, really all over the world, which is really cool that we got people listening in all different kinds of places. Sure. Um last episode we talked about what month is this what day it is and as it turns out April right now Ooh. is stress awareness month. Ooh nice. Stress awareness month. Uh and interestingly we just got our paper published we just got our study published All right. in the uh, Clinical Case Reports and Reviews at the beginning of COVID, to try and help the frontline workers manage it, the title is Gastrointestinal Symptom and Stress Recall Survey in Frontline Healthcare, Healthcare Workers After Consumption of Combined Cabracho Tree and Balsalme Wild Extract. What that is, is that's the generic term for atrantil. So this we'll talk about this study on um, a different date, but I'm very happy that it got published because it was really good results. And as we're going to get into further into this episode and then further into the next episode, we're going to get into how maybe polyphenols are really affecting your stress level and different things. Yeah. So, um, and I know what you're going to, before you interrupt me, I know what you're going to do. You're like, Hey, it's not just stress awareness month in April. I realize that April is actually national, um, awareness month of a whole bunch of things, like a whole bunch of things like autism awareness month which is very important. Very important. And then, and I'm not kidding here, it is National Safe Digging Month.
0: Is that where you have to call test dig before you hit a
1: line? I have no idea, but I know.
0: (laughs) <laughs> well, you dug deep on that.
1: <laughs> I mean, I could just imagine this. You know, I mean, like, for gosh sakes, Bill, you're just such a reckless digger. It's April. This is the one month where you got to not do that. It's April. This is not reckless digging. It's safe digging, Bill. So I just imagine conversations like that happening.
0: I th- I'm i not kidding. I think you dial 311 and you find out if they can send someone out to your property and they'll tell you <laughs> if there's a line or a pipe or Something like that before you dig. They must get down.
1: inundated in April. Well, they I must mean, have to hire like
0: they couldn't have done it uh, late February because we were iced over. That's true. So yeah. now, now is when people. I remember it being snowed over, and you were like, "Don't you just wish this was all thawed <laughs> so we could go dig?"
1: <clears throat> I thought for sure you'd at least wonder who Bill is and why he's such a reckless digger. You know. But, well, I thought everybody knows who Bill is. I know Bill's my pet badger. <laughs> <laughs> So Bill and I have been at odds for a long time about his digging habits at my house. So I'm just hoping that, uh,
0: well, hopefully Bill's calling three, one, one. I don't know. I don't know if he is or not.
1: I don't know, Bill. They, I, I got him because he was supposed to be this sweet badger. He's called a honey badger, but
0: he's not sweet at all. Oh, not they, even nice. Yeah. No, he's not. They never are. <laughs> Did you know skunks are a badger? Is a form of badger? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Not a honey badger though. They do not smell like honey whatsoever.
1: Um, so bill causes a lot of stress in my life, digging everywhere without calling three one one, um, before doing this in national safe digging month. Uh, why do we even care about stress? Stress affects so many things. Oh, wow. Yeah. Super important because stress can actually, those headaches you're having, the insomnia that's going on, the severe fatigue that you're having, you're going to these doctors seeing stuff when it actually could be stress. So it's important to pay attention and I got to add another layer of stress here. Okay. Hate to do this. All right. This is already a very, very stressful time in the pandemic. Everything's going on. There is new evidence coming out that COVID is now causing chronic erectile dysfunction in younger men who are completely otherwise healthy. That's terrible. I know. As if like it's not a bad enough virus already. But So do,
0: do they link this back to stress? Mm. Is that where we're going?
1: We're going to get into this. So actually, this has actually come up in my clinic several times. So you know, we did the episode about hemorrhoids last time. I do treat a lot of hemorrhoids and once you're doing that with somebody, I I think that they feel comfortable enough bringing up other potentially um, difficult topics like erectile dysfunction. So I've been seeing a trend of younger men asking me questions about erectile dysfunction. Hmm. And after the first one mentioned that this kind of all started after they had COVID, I started asking and most of these people have had COVID. Interesting. Yeah. So this is why we're doing this episode. I went down a proverbial badger hole, and we're going to try and solve this.
0: Just trying to sort uh, kind of our categories here. Are these same men? I guess you mentioned hemorrhoids. Are these same people also afflicted with hemorrhoids, not afflicted with hemorrhoids, what's going on there?
1: Well, it's, this is an interesting topic also because that's something else that I want to look into in the future. There is some correlation with large hemorrhoids leading to what's called venous steel syndrome. Uh, but that's yeah. a whole separate topic. Okay. It just happens to be that the people I treat are also the same ones that are coming to me for hemorrhoids. Right. So it's okay. the, if all you have is a hammer, then everything's a nail. Sure. So I'm trying to think outside the box and go, why in the world would this do this? And so I started researching it and lo and behold, Um, A new report was just published, which confirmed my suspicion. So, a study was just recently published out of Italy showing that COVID-19 increases the risk of developing chronic erectile dysfunction nearly six-fold. I'm going to say that again. If you get COVID and you're a young male, you may have thought that it was perfectly smooth and easy and you got through it. You have a six-fold increase in developing erectile dysfunction. That's terrible. And then they backtracked with the data a little bit and then they realized that those that were already diagnosed with erectile dysfunction had a five-fold increase of contracting the virus. It wow. works both ways. The second part makes a little bit of sense and we'll get into that, but this study was led by uh, a Dr. Janini, who is a professor of endocrinology and medical sexology at the University of Rome it was published in Andrology. I just like the idea of being double board certified in sexology and endocrinology.
0: Yeah. I didn't know that was an option.
1: I didn't know it was either. I'm going to go get double boarded. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, it, I mean, it doesn't sound like it wouldn't be entertaining. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, this was just published just last month. Uh, in this paper, they explain that ultimately the underlying issue in erectile dysfunction is Endothelial Dysfunction, a term that's gonna keep coming up over and over.
0: Okay.
1: Now, this is a super complex process, and I'm gonna go into this in in detail in just a few minutes. But basically, in their study design, they did an online survey early on in the pandemic. So, they discovered this very early. We don't know what these numbers are now that we're a year into the pandemic. And they compared erectile dysfunction people that filled out the survey versus non-erectile dysfunction groups, ED for short. And accounted for other variabilities like psychological stress, lockdown, financial stress. They took those out. They're looking strictly at, at COVID. At COVID on okay. this one. All right. So they were able to get 100 adults, and they use what's called a logistic regression model, which is why you hire statisticians to do these kind of papers for you. Yes. And they came up with those numbers that after getting COVID the likelihood of developing ED was sixfold higher than those that were not infected. Wow. I crazy. Right. And their conclusion is that erectile dysfunction is all about the endothelium. And those are the layers that line the blood vessels. Right Now it's starting to go. That makes sense. Because we know that COVID creates a lot of different problems. And so that's when I went, Oh my gosh, this makes sense. So, in there, um, Dr. Giannini must have a sense of humor because in the paper they actually said you should, uh, it gives a whole new meaning to wearing the mask. Mask up to keep it up is what the doctor said. So I guess a, somebody that's double board in endocrinology and sexology can make jokes like that and still get published yeah. in respected journals. <laughs> I tried that, there's no way I'm being accepted. Um, and so what he's saying is wearing the mask could potentially prevent you from getting COVID and also protect, your, uh, prevent you from getting sexual dysfunction. And their plausible mechanism by which COVID-19 may impact directly on the endothelium, Uh leading to erectile dysfunction. So in the paper, they go on to describe, we're now seeing all these COVID long haulers. We're seeing patients that show up with neurologic complications, cardiac complications, pulmonary complications. We also know that people were having cardiac events and they're having strokes. It all comes down to the inflammation in the endothelial lining the endothelium lines all these organs but more importantly it lines the blood vessels supplying the organs so the concern specifically is that the virus is directly damaging these endothelial cells and this is how some people feel the virus causes long-term damage not just to those organs but if you're otherwise healthy it could ter- it could cause long-term damage to your penis
0: i, I don't want that
1: no, this is, I mean, this is kind of shocking Stop and think about it, but it makes sense because we're going to get into the physiology of the penis here. Oh, by the way, I'm, um, just got my master's in sexology. I'm not a doctorate yet, not double board certified, but I just got my master's.
0: I, I, I don't know when you had the time.
1: An hour ago when I was preparing for this podcast.
0: That does not sound like an accredited school.
1: I, it is one of those online things. <laughs> Uh, and not one of the really reputable, hard to get into, like University of Phoenix. I mean, it was, you know, Dana College Online School. All right. So interesting. Yeah.
0: We'll see what we'll see what you learned. Yeah.
1: I, well, what I thought was interesting is that somebody for four hundred bucks they gave me the title, and then I, Dana is where I went to undergrad. <laughs> they closed. Well,
0: they're not around <laughs> anymore. <laughs>
1: um. So then another study. So then I started going down, and I looked at this, and I was like, okay, we got one study that looked at the um actual a pool of people that had this. And then another study recently conducted what they did is they made the correlation between COVID and erectile dysfunction. And their conclusion was that they assumed that the increase in cardiovascular and pulmonary complications is what is driving the erectile dysfunction.
0: I mean it makes sense. It I guess I guess what I'm, what I think you're leaning to, or that this uh, information is leading us towards is that COVID basically kicks off this systemic inflammation problem. Mm -hmm. And that being the case, um, inflammation once again is the root of long-term and chronic disease. And knowing that erectile dysfunction happens to be, one of the the manifestations of that. And so that's what I
1: want to get at here. You're exactly right. Local or systemic inflammation, because all inflammation starts local and when it leads to a cytokine release on whatever episode that was that we did the innate immune system. Do you have any idea (laughs) of why we believe that the endothelial cells or the blood vessel cells are so ravaged by SARS-CoV-2 or covid
0: probably because of uh, angiotensin converting enzyme receptors ace2 receptors
1: that's exactly it so in this particular study in another one in the journal of endocrinology investigation what they said was that we have to be very careful because we know that sars-cov-2 binds to the ace 2 receptor yeah. to get into the cells. its access that's its access yeah. so the final conclusion of all these articles Is that we now know that COVID can have both a direct and indirect effect on your penis. That's terrible. Nobody's talking about that. No. And this... Could just be the beginning. Like we don't really know. Like this, the data they published of sixfold increase was a very small number of people because it was early on in the pandemic. Right. I mean, kudos to Dr. Janini who was thinking about um, erectile dysfunction when we didn't even know what SARS-CoV-2 was.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm amazed continually who. Hopped on board early to know that these were things to be testing for so early in the game.
1: Yeah. So the so the study that we just got published, we were working on this way back in April. No, wait.
0: Working on. May. Yeah. Working on in April, launching in May.
1: Yeah. So, working on in April, launching in May, finalizing June, July, right. August. And then you go through all these revisions. And so that, I mean, he really, um, he really worked hard to get this at. Yeah. So. More stress for stress awareness month. So I'm going to, I'm throwing a lot at you. Let's just recap because right now this is stuff that nobody's talking about.
0: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't know where to begin with the recap, but I do believe that what we need to talk about is how can you prepare your body to successfully harness and okay, let's just say that someone get, gets COVID. Yeah. I don't want them to worry perpetually that they, um uh, won't ever be able to, uh, Imagine a life without Ed, and in sorry for the moment. I'm gonna give you all play by play. Ken is on the ground. Uh, he's looking for a cable.
1: Yes.
0: And he just found talking it. Good. And um, he good. wants he wants me to keep talking, but what he's doing is quite oh. dangerous. He's touching things. He's unplugging things. And I can guarantee you, he did not call three one one before he started to dig down ah. there in that that mess of wires. All right. However, he's We're back. Okay. I think you're muted. So, I'm back. Now he's really back. So, what I was saying is is I think that regardless of what causes or triggers a, a cascade of inflammation, even if it happens to be COVID-19, you want to be certain that your body is prepared to not allow inflammation to run out of control. Absolutely, and protect your endothelial lining Correct. everywhere. Right. And long-term inflammation will be destroying that. Will, your healthy cells will be competing with out of control inflammation to one hundred percent.
1: So we're gonna eventually talk about how to protect yourself. Okay. Not on this episode. This is part one. Okay. Part two. Ooh. We're gonna get into some cool you science. Didn't
0: tell me that. I just uh, learned that.
1: I know. Okay. But you're but you're on the right track. You're you're a level two polyphenologist. <laughs> so um, we're gonna talk about that. But to actually understand this, <laughs> I don't think many people really know. What erectile dysfunction is? I mean, it gets talked about all the time. There's commercials and all this stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, well, okay. Where do you, where do you want to go? Let's from start.
1: Here? Let's start with the definition. Okay. By definition, erectile dysfunction is defined in the medical literature as the inability to achieve or maintain an erection mm-hmm. sufficient mm-hmm. for satisfactory sexual performance. Yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah, for it everybody. sounds very vague for a medical definition also
0: yeah because that's how medical things are written <laughs> i
1: just imagine this this process with you're with your partner and uh she or she goes uh you know really you should go see somebody about that <laughs> and then your response is why we just had sex for two hours <laughs> And then she, your partner, goes, That's not enough. I need at least three hours. And by the medical definition, I'm not fully satisfied. Therefore, you have erectile dysfunction.
0: You got ED. I don't think that we're a good match. <laughs> I think that's that's why I thought that next. the definition was funny. It's like sufficient
1: for satisfactory sexual performance. Yeah. What is your satisfactory?
0: 100%. Not everything written in a medical journal is tested for uh, for a common communication.
1: I had, and I'm not making this up. <laughs> so when I did residency, I worked in the geriatric clinic. So you do internal medicine, you get to a, a clinic. And I love doing the geriatric clinic because I spent most of the time taking drugs away. 85-year-old male, 83-year-old female, super smart. They came to the clinic because her complaint was... Oh, no. Oh, yes. Her complaint was that um, something is wrong because they're only intimate three times a week. And for the past 60 years... Good there for was, them. <laughs>
0: that's what I said. <laughs> that's awesome.
1: <laughs> I'm like... Oh, my. And so I went, and when when you're in residency, you have to present it to the attendings. And every attending was like, I'm meeting this couple.
0: Yeah, (laughs) no kidding.
1: Yeah. So they're um, apparently at 85 three times a week was considered ED in this case because they had a different expectation.
0: Than everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man post stem cell? we don't even go to padre anymore <laughs>
1: i'm thinking 90 it's like you know 14 he's always like, going to bed at two three
0: in the morning <laughs> he won't even stay up and dance
1: he's just i'm gonna I'm, I'm sorry man why are you here he's like bill just doesn't want to rave anymore it's because bill's an angry badger <laughs> bill
0: doesn't want to rave bill shows up a lot
1: <laughs> poor bill um so anyways, I just think it's funny because whatever your definition of ED, it's kind of like what your definition is. But I think most people can agree that the inability to achieve an erection or lose an erection is a big deal. Right. And prior to COVID, it was projected that 322 million men worldwide will have significant erectile dysfunction by 2025. My prediction is that post-COVID, this may be a much, much bigger deal. We may be seeing a ton more.
0: Uh, uh, Worldwide? Worldwide. Okay. That's a lot. It's still quite a bit. Uh, What, uh, just south of 8 billion people, 322 million. Seeking care. Oh, seeking care, well, that's a good point. Yeah, wow, that's awful. Yeah. That's that's, a lot of people.
1: That's A lot lot of of unhappy
0: couples, for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So you ready to talk some sexology? Let's do it. All right, we're gonna talk about the process of an erection.
0: Okay, so it sounds to me like we're gonna be talking about blood flow and what <clears throat> stimulates that and how those things work. This is kind of a PG episode. Yeah. Because we got because it's of, just and, of
1: the topic. But, but we're gonna be science It's a topic. It. All right. Remember that um the process of an erection is very complex, actually. I forgot how complex this was, it's multifactorial. You need to have a balance of psychological, hormonal, neurological, vascular, and anatomic factors. Mm-hmm. Any alteration anywhere can actually affect the whole process.
0: Yes, no penis, no erection. <laughs>
1: this is this is true. No, <laughs> un, unless you're like mentally on a different level. No and, blood, no erection. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel
0: like, like we're picking up what you're putting down. What's
1: going on down here? I have a penile gland erection. <laughs> yeah. I've achieved enlightenment. I can make my penile gland. Your your penile gland is in your brain. I'm sorry. I'm I'm assuming everybody knows
0: that. Yeah. I maybe penile gland is also pronounced. But yeah, that's that's. I honestly, I just nodded. I didn't know what the hell you were talking about. (laughs) I was trying to make a pun. Yeah, it's called the third eye, but it's up here. Yeah. All right. right, So, anyways, a lot's going on. This is
1: super complex. Um, All right. I'm going to go Bill
0: Nye Science Guy on you. Okay. And so I built a prop before you got here. This'll be interesting. I hope that if you're not if you're one of the thousands that are listening you. online, would you you'll please just, just go back to this part of the show and look at whatever the heck he's gonna put. Explain
1: to huh. everyone what's going on here and we will walk through a uh, erection. This okay. is what I thought we would do. Yeah, it looks like that's what we're gonna do. Can you describe what I just put on the table there?
0: Well, it looks to me like two dish sponges with a <laughs> Two retractable, uh, those little uh, squishy key ring holders um, holding the two sponges together. And uh, on one end, you have a long hot dog balloon filled with water. And I can only imagine that what we're going to do here is show what happens when blood flow arrives at a typical man's penis. You are exactly right. So what we're going to do here
1: is, oh, yes. So let's walk through the process. Okay. All right. So first step, uh-huh. your brain,
0: which is probably on this end,
1: <laughs> somewhere way on the other yeah, end of that way over here. Okay. So your brain finds something arousing. Mm-hmm. It could be anything for anybody. Okay. And that arousing, um, that arousal without knowing it, a signal is sent through your nerves Okay. to a nerve in the endothelial cells.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Of your penis. And we're going to talk specifically about that. And what it does is it releases a chemical that we're all, that we talk about all the time acetylcholine.
0: Acetylcholine, yeah.
1: And then what acetylcholine does is it actually hops onto the endothelial cells, the lining of the sponge, Mm -hmm. hops there, and the acetylcholine actually creates this um, calcium mediated conversion of arginine to nitric oxide. And people talk about nitric oxide all the time about vasodilation. We've talked about it before on different episodes for sports using polyphenols for sports. That's right. So the acetylcholine calcium mediated channel opens up, arginine gets converted to uh, nitric oxide. And then nitric oxide is the key to this whole process. Okay. So nitric oxide, what it does is, it uh, goes through an, this very interesting process of turning on something called the CGMP, the cyclic guanosine monophosphate, which opens up potassium and calcium channels. Mm-hmm. And what that does is that stimulates increased blood flow, represented by the balloon. Yep. You'll notice that my hand is trapping the blood flow there. So right now the nitric oxide stimulated by acetylcholine turned on by the brain has opened up blood flow to these spongy areas here Mm -hmm. known as the uh, corpus cavernosum. The corpus cavernosum is filled with blood vessels and so blood rushes in and then these swell up and it actually traps the blood there. Right. And this is the actual process of having an erection. So you need the mental component, you need the proper amino acids, you need the proper health mm-hmm. and the nitric oxide. Why is the nitric oxide so important? Because in the next episode, we're going to talk about what COVID does to this whole process. Okay. And as it turns out, affecting the endothelial cells is the key wow. because when the endothelial cells don't do this process, you cannot achieve this. Okay. So When you are done being aroused, the CGMP is then broken down by an enzyme called phosphodiesterase five, PD five. And then the blood is slowly allowed to leave the penis and you go back to its natural state Mm -hmm. and so that phosphodiesterase is important also because once you achieve arousal and once you're no longer aroused, the penis goes back to its normal state. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that created, that made Pfizer into a multi multi multi-billion dollar business. Some scientist was trying to work on a high blood pressure medicine to increase nitric oxide, to vasodilate (laughs) the blood so that you drop your blood pressure. And if you remember the history of that one, Mm They were doing a clinical study, and none of the men returned their unused samples. Unused, or, they yeah, unused <laughs> because they were all used. Because <laughs> they were all used. And then that's when um, you know some poor scientist is like, "My life's work is ruined. I'll never fix high blood pressure. Nobody, <laughs> you did something much better. You're good." <laughs> <laughs> and that is what is now known as Viagra. It actually blocks that um, enzyme that allows this to be released. And so this is all happening on the endothelial cells. And so once that enzyme gets blocked, then you can actually maintain an erection longer and all the other things and all the other TV commercials regarding those whole class of medicines now. All right, There are phosphodiesterase 5 inhibitors. One little enzyme is what made, turned it into a billion dollar industry. And so this is all happening right there at the endothelial cells. So if there's any inflammation or damage to those cells this whole process can't be achieved yeah no matter how much you want to will it right like there's more going on than that so um, would you like to recap the process
0: wow <laughs> that is a lot
1: and I'm you don't just, really have to say the science words i just want to see you squeezing the balloon
0: i can see that that's where we're going <laughs> so essentially arousal uh, uh endothelial cells are now stimulated so that they can be Uh, Dilated, and that occurs because arginine is then converted into nitric oxide, which then, of course, has uh, CGMP. And suddenly, now we have a place for this high pressure blood flow to go. And I'm, see, I'm having problems. That's that's probably more the reason why you wanted me to do this. So,
1: anxiety can also cause problems. I'm
0: very nervous. This isn't working. But uh, anyway, so now we have an erection because what we have here is the positive, uh, well, all four all four measures were met and um, our endothelial cells are allowed to become engorged and then suddenly now phosphodiesterase arrives because we're finished and blood flow returns back to normal and... Uh, you're good
1: to go 100 so let's look at a couple um health issues that tend to have more erectile dysfunction okay so diabetes
0: definitely oh man. poor vasculature
1: poor vasculature you can have neuropathy you don't have the nerves traveling secreting the acetylcholine you have some vasculopathy so your arteries look like the tail end of this That's instead correct. of the middle yeah um so there's things that can happen with that mm-hmm. hypertension is another one chronic hypertension definitely so chronic hypertension um it can lead to issues with erectile dysfunction both of those have increased H2 receptors in the endothelial
0: cells. Yeah. So you got better access for that COVID if you happen to be infected. So now you've got, uh, it's kind of like uh, multiplying the damage.
1: Yes, exactly. And which also makes sense why people with prior erectile dysfunction had a five fold increase yeah. in developing significant COVID ah. kind of makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. There's just more ACE2 receptors present.
1: Yeah. So, um, I, You know, it's a very crude model, Bill Nye science guy kind of thing here.
0: Oh, I think you really hit it at the park.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Imagine walking around the studio trying to find things that I can like, you know what I really want to do? I want to do a, I want to find something that, that signifies the corpus cavernosum. It's a spongy like
0: smooth muscle. Sponge, yes. Yeah, I like that. I don't remember anybody talking about the key ring holder, but I mean, regardless, it works.
1: Trust me. I thought of a lot of different ways how to make sure that the sponges stay together. Yeah, it's not bad, though. I mean, that's kind of how
0: tissues function. Yeah. It's not not bad.
1: Yeah. So you have this. um, This is a smooth muscle. So anything that affects smooth muscle can actually affect this. Yeah. So that's how come we always talk about um, increasing sports performance, increasing nitric oxide, having the proper diet. All these things play into a role. So having the proper diet, maintaining healthy lifestyle, exercising increases Oh, here's a great example. I was thinking about this. I was like, well, why is exercise so important? Well, exercise increases BDNF in your brain, decreased neuroinflammation, allowing for more sensitivity, allowing for more acetylcholine to go through. We know from Angie's, Angie being on a guest on the episode, she discussed how TNF, an inflammatory marker, decreases acetylcholine. So the more chronic inflammation you have, the higher likelihood you will not have the proper amount of acetylcholine. So there's something else there. Then we get into the vascular aspect of this with regular exercise and good sleep, you have increased or improved vascular tone. Mm -hmm. So it all kind of plays into this.
0: Uh, It's something that we didn't talk about in the breakdown on, on uh, the uh, stimuli for where acetylcholine is coming from. And just a brief thing. But if I remember correctly, I think that the parasympathetic nervous system is actually the catalyst, right? For the release of acetylcholine. And if you can't, rest and you don't have good vagal tone then you then just like you said earlier you won't have the correct neurotransmitters to make this happen that comes with great rest which helps lower your anxiety how can you get great rest you exercise it's a cyclical thing
1: you're you know what i'm so glad you brought that up because this is something we learned in med school and i, f- I forgot to because it wasn't discussed in any of these articles and i kind of stopped at that but you're exactly right To achieve an orgasm, Uh you need the parasympathetic system to get that acetylcholine to start it. Um, I'm sorry, to achieve an erection, you need that. To achieve an orgasm, you need your sympathetic. Sympathetic, Yeah, And so that sympathetic drops all these things maintaining Mm -hmm. this, which is why you go back to your normal state post-orgasm. And your phosphodiesterase is now present. Yes. Phosphodiesterase is released. You break down CGMP. Blood flow is allowed to leave. And yeah, it's a really cool, fascinating thing. But
0: but people who have great vagal tone generally are exercising and don't have chronic anxiety. They usually have great rest. They typically eat well. Good. When we have patients who show up in the clinic or at the procedure, uh, the procedure suite, they'll have a, a low heart rate. They generally have uh, good physique and are healthy. They either. Runners, cyclers, lifters, crossfitters, whatever it happens to be, but they they're active. They diggers. Active we get a lot yeah, of diggers. lots, lots and lots and lots of diggers. Yeah, but uh, but I guess I'm just saying it, it augments in order to prepare for something like like COVID. You 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 really just want to be in shape. You just want to take care of yourself. You want to give yourself that health span. We've we've said on several shows.
1: Yeah, and this this can be done through a lot of different ways. Just getting up and getting some. Um, oh my gosh, I. So while I was waiting for you to come over here, I got done with clinic a little early and I turned on uh, Brian Reagan, his special at Red Rocks.
0: Oh, nice, I didn't know there was one.
1: Oh, it's, he's just, i you know, he's, he's just good.
0: We're both big fans of stand-up comedy.
1: Huge, big fan of stand-up comedy. It, it's called uh, Reagan on the Rocks. And I am i didn't look it up, but it the way you describe it, I think it's Red Rocks in Colorado.
0: Oh, it's gotta be, it was outdoor?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's gotta yeah. be. And it's like this um, amphitheater type style, outdoor rocks. And <laughs> he was like, he goes, yeah, I'm at that age. I'm going to doctors all the time. My doctor said, Brian, you need to quit being so sedentary. And he goes, right then, I promised myself, I need to get a dictionary. And I never got around to it. I just laid around the house all day. <laughs> so, but I thought that was funny because he's, right, just get out and do something. Just get moving a little bit. You increase the blood flow, increase your body's responsiveness, your vagal tone, and then other issues that you may have problems with. The interesting thing is how many people, how many men will avoid other health issues until erectile dysfunction comes up? Yeah, which is, which I think is, you ask a lot of people, yeah, that that'll be the thing that'll drive them to a doctor.
0: Yeah, I think guys are just generally just, I don't know what it is, but guys are just generally that way about healthcare in, in total.
1: Agreed. Yeah. So um, this is part one so I didn't want to go on for way too long. This is still, I think we're, you know, we're having a decent time here. We're a little bit shorter than we normally do, but that's probably, yeah. But that's probably a, a good thing because maybe we try and pack too much in all the yeah. time. So part two is going to be what can you do to make sure that you protect your penis? Okay. Um, how polyphenols on a molecular level work to take care of it, prevent it. And it all comes down to everything you're talking about, inflammation and how it does it, the amount that you need to take, how do you increase your nitric oxide, all of the above. Um, and spoiler, it, it is going to be all about inflammation. And I'm just, I'm looking at the products that, that are near and dear to my heart, Atrontil Polyphenol Blend, CBD, didn't find anything directly related to nitric oxide, but there's a lot of evidence that CBD decreasing anxiety definitely allows a greater uh, vagal tone and acetylcholine release. And of course, broccolite with um, sulforaphane in it, decreasing NF-kappa-beta, which we'll get into, which is all about inflammation.
0: So. That's an awesome episode. Great introduction to what people struggle with and shouldn't be ashamed to go and seek help.
1: No, and I think that we'll be able to explain how to protect yourself from this, which ultimately is protecting your overall health, which ultimately protects you from COVID. And if you've um, been uh, maybe a little bit um, cavalier towards COVID, oh yeah, this is one of those things that kind of gets you thinking twice a little bit.
0: Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah, awesome episode.
1: Yeah, hey, this is. I mean, I don't know if you want to try this at all, but it is a little bit soothing to move the water back and forth.
0: Do you remember those those uh, those little things that used to have the inverted water balloon? Oh, the water snakes. Water snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You try to hang on to it and go all over the place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's similar to that.
1: It is similar to that. But um, so, anyways, I've uh, submitted a patent as a teaching tool once I get my sexology degree. So I
0: was told to tell you, you're not going to get that. (laughs) (laughs) That is going to be episode 54. Be certain to turn in. Are we going to do the follow-up on 55? We're going to do the follow-up on 55.
1: Yeah. So 55 is going to be all about the science and what you can do to protect your penis, protect your health. And we're going to continue with, um, you know, battling COVID by prevention. Not just when this happens, you know. It's this thing that we talked about. What we I don't remember how long that was. Vitamin D and all the
0: usual stuff. <sighs> Ooh, I don't know either.
1: But it's all. It's funny how this is just becoming this multi-circle Venn diagram, and everything's landing right in the middle. And that middle is inflammation all the time.
0: Definitely. Oh, almost forgot. This show is not meant for medical advice. So, oh. if you have any issues with erectile dysfunction or any other health concern, please consult the doctors that you know. And this is technically just a show that we just talk about things that happen to be in health.
1: It is. It's just a show. But um, the other thing is that the whole point of the show is to also uh, try and help one person. So if somebody's having an issue and they go get checked out because of this, because they found the the weird sponge thing, entertaining or not entertaining, um, then we've done our job.
0: Absolutely. So episode 54, um, no jokes, not one from you about car 54 i'm shocked with all of your <laughs> your lame dad jokes i I, I honestly expected you to show up with like a cop hat and uh a spinning red light or something like that i happen. took
1: my uh because my employee was uh, put her two weeks in i took the staff out and yeah. we we were at a restaurant and of course i'm thrown out and the waitress same age <laughs> as all my employees they impo- that my employee's apologize they're like oh he's going to throw these out all night and she's like oh don't worry i'm totally down with dad jokes i, I i'm like i'm a dad joke <laughs> <When laughs> what did you- i become a dad
0: joke um, my boys have it doesn't matter how funny i think a meme is that i received, <laughs> I send it to them and they but they just type back 7 years ago <laughs> <laughs> It's all I get back. It's all I get back from both Mac and Gage. So tune in next week for more dad jokes. I guess tons of dad jokes. All right, that's going to be episode fifty-four. Thank you so much. Like and share. Uh, certainly, if you have a concern, um, rewatch and then tune in for episode fifty-five. We'll get some follow-up on what can be done to naturally protect yourself from. Hopefully, yeah, uh, and, and
1: and in all seriousness, um, if you have a friend or anybody that um, has discussed this with you or something like that, make sure that they listen to this because it could be an early sign of something else that, Definitely, that could, that could save their life.
0: Thank you all very much. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye-bye.